It's Sweets from Your Voice First podcast. Today, we're taking a peek behind the scenes at voice user experience and voice user interaction, aka voice UX and voice UI. Introduction to the problem. Today, UX and UI designers can download asset packs to modularly build interfaces that are almost immediately recognizable because of visual norms and established conventions. It's now totally possible for a newly minted interaction designer to build a career by copying and pasting pre-built elements. When we come over to the voice, however, voice experiences lack the established design patterns. The imaginations of designers and developers have led us this far, but we need to start centralizing and standardizing the practice. While volumes of documentation have been written about building for voice by Google and Amazon, strangely, neither of those companies have taken any kind of solid stance on what a voice experience should look like. And although we have voice experience prototyping tools like VoiceFlow, Adobe XD, Dialogflow, BotMock, and a variation of other flowcharts, none of them offer intuitive visualization of invocations, replies, and other conversational elements. So today, there are hundreds of thousands of voice apps built, and yet there is not any breakout hit. There are only a handful of specialists even thinking about conversational mapping right now, which means that the rate of innovation, the rate of innovation has been sluggish. Documenting and sharing methods for visualizing voice interactions and conversational mapping will strengthen the voice design ecosystem, making it easier for more unique perspectives to join the conversation, leading to greater potential for success for all. The more people that jump in and debating emerging conversations, the more that we can iterate and improve. After all, a rising tide raises all shifts. Moving into the next section, we're going to talk about what it's going to take to visualize a voice experience and the set of tools that we can start standardizing and centralizing to create a set of practices to make a common standard and open commons for all voice designers. Let's get started with conversation map components. Now let's break down each of the conversational map components. Inside of this section, we've got invocation, ear cons, greeting and onboarding, connections, persona icons, intense, help intent, reprompt, conversation repair, mp3 and streaming content playback, visuals and connected devices, system dialogue, exit message, and we'll end with a zooming out on conversational design and voice user experience. Getting started with invocation. To begin any voice experience, the user says an utterance containing the wake word, which activates the device housing the assistant, and then a connecting word to link it to the invocation and launch a specific action or skill. This is the starting point for any conversational map. Next up is ear cons. As silly as it may seem, an ear con is just an icon for your ears. It's a short tone, a sound effect, or a jingle. They are useful for non-verbally indicating experience milestones to the user, such as successfully answering the voice experience, completing a task, or answering a question correctly or incorrectly. Earcons may be labeled if differentiation is needed and to describe their source or their file name. Greeting and onboarding. So how do you want your voice app to greet the user? What's the personality and tone of your voice app? 
Since we're here in this specific example making a coffee app, let's greet Brewbot with a preppy, good morning, I'm Brewbot, your digital barista. And as a tip, remember to label conversation blocks as you create them. In the code, these two pieces of copy will be presented as one, but calling them out separately in the conversation map helps scripting since they serve a different functional purpose. Onboarding lets the user know what they can do within the voice app. Try to end onboarding with a question or clear prompt for the user to respond to. Onboarding is a great opportunity to let users know what they can do within a voice app. Again, most people don't know what they can do with voice experiences because they truly don't know what's on the table. Now again, this is a visual representation I'm describing to you in an audio-only format. So, I recommend checking out the show notes to actually find the visual representations of this design because design is incredibly visually oriented. I'm going to describe now connections. You'll notice in the design chart there are green arrows which connect the invocation, which we discussed earlier, to the first use greeting block. That means that the user's utterance was successful and linked them to block within the conversational flow. Since there are so many things that can happen during a conversation, there are many other connection types too. Some connections, like the green arrow, are directly reactive to a user's input. The others, there's also a blue dotted line, they indicate the conversation moving between states with no additional action needed by the user. So in this example, we have a first use greeting, good morning, I'm Brubot, your digital barista. And then we have a blue dotted line into onboarding. Again, the blue dotted line means no user interaction was required. We've just shifted from first use greeting into onboarding. The onboarding message states, I can help you order coffee for pickup, or I can play coffee shop music for working. What would you like? And then the color coding, going back into the, the article, color coding helps delineate different kinds of connections from each other, making conversational maps easier to read. That said, connections are certainly the component that are the least resolved so far. So we'll move on from here because it seems like these, this is a section that can be fleshed out more by you, the designer. Next section is persona icons. One of the most concerning issues with voice experiences is the inaccurate mental model that the vast majority of users have about them. Few users reserve to their Amazon Echoes by their product name, instead calling them Alexa. This flawed mental model is only exacerbated by the, as of right now, mandatory use of assistant level wake words during skills and actions to reopen the mic. This undermines voice app specific branding since it confuses the users about who or what they are talking to and where they are. Consider using the metaphor of a device level assistant as a telephone operator. You pick up the phone and ask the operator to connect you to a friend. They connect you, but then remain on the line for the entire conversation because you'll need to ask them to relay any message to the friend you've called in the event that your friend fails to ask a question and instead just makes a statement. Telephones in the 1950s would never have become as ubiquitous as they have if they, if they had the same limitations that smart speakers do as we approach 2020. In the article, they strongly recommend using custom synthetic or pre-recorded human voice to set your voice experience apart from device-level assistance, making it easier for users to understand where they are when they are interacting with voice. In our personal company, Voice First, for our agency, we are 100% voiceover. We do not like synthetic, and we found via VoiceBot that when you use a voiceover actor, there is a 71% increase in overall um, satisfaction with your assistant versus when you are using a synthetic voice. We always opt for that 71% increase in user happiness, and we always go with voiceover acting, but 
definitely you're going to want to upgrade from the basic default synthetic voice if you're building for Amazon Alexa and Google. Intense. Once the functional options are presented via onboarding, the user will reply with what they want to do. This is called an utterance, and utterances usually contain words or phrases that describes the user's intention. Within an utterance, there will be words or phrases that have been mapped to intents and slot values. Intents being an action that the user wants to take, and a slot value which specifies exactly how they want it done. To accurately fill intents, slots need to be populated with slot values. Slots are variables within voice experiences, and the list of values that are predetermined to be acceptable or not must be compatible with the slot type. An example of a slot is a number, or a name, or a type of laundry, or a type of contact. So taking the name slot as an example, the utterance might be, my name is Patrick. Patrick then is a slot with a slot type of name. So when you're defining user interactions as a UI and UX designer, you might have slots in there which you will define as a slot using color coding probably. Intents can either be built in or custom. A built-in intent is one that is already handled by the architecture that you're building your voice application in, such as play or pause. Other built-in intents include launch, help, unhandled, end, and then a lot of playback controllers on both Alexa and Google. Custom intents are designed by designers and developers to accomplish out actions outside of what is already built in with the voice design toolset. Usually, custom intents have names to reflect what they do. For example, inside of the dry cleaning app uh, for Voice Dry Cleaner, we have an intent called uh, place order, and we also have an intent in there called first name. So both of those have different uh, intents. The first name intent is for when the user has the intention of giving us their first name, and the place order intent is triggered when the user has the intention of placing an order. Both of those are examples of custom intents. If a user doesn't respond with a few seconds, you'll want to consider a reprompt to ensure that you get the slot values needed to fulfill an intent. Reprompts are a great way to provide contextual guidance and light error handling to the user. However, the downside being that the voice app will close if the reprompt does not get a response. Reprompts may also be combined with um, their corresponding block. Inside of this visual, we see an onboarding intent and then a gray dotted line leading to the onboarding reprompt. While the main onboarding phrase is, I can help you order coffee, dot dot dot, the onboarding reprompt is, sorry, do you want to order coffee for pickup or play coffee shop music? Next up, conversation repair. Designers are familiar with designing for errors, and conversation repair should be considered as the error state handling of the voice design world. When the user is no longer in the desired flow, this message helps them get back on track. Identify that there's been an error, and then, when appropriate, suggest another way for the user to accomplish what they're trying to do. Such as, sorry, I'm not sure about that. Do you want to hear your options again? Remember that to fulfill intents, slots need to be populated with slot values, but only certain values are predetermined to be acceptable and compatible with the slot type. 
conversation repair can also be used to handle system errors by reassuring the user that while there may have been a temporary hiccup, things should be back to business as usual shortly. If you'd like to learn more about conversational repair, you can check out the show notes. Next up is more complex, MP3 and streaming content playback. Both audio content longer than an earcon and streaming audio can be represented by a circular block with an MP3 file inside. That way you know that in an intent you will have a welcome phrase and then the MP3 playback. Visuals and connected devices. Voice experiences are good, but they're not universally applicable. Voice has notable shortcomings when it comes to communicating a long list of options or for most browsing experiences. Using nearby screens, especially if the experience is happening on or central to a device that has its own screen, can help you create truly helpful and voice-forward experiences without the pitfalls of being voice-only. Use as much or as little detail as you need when including representation of other devices in the ecosystem of your experience. Looking at the design chart, we have an intent, and then what you'll want to do is actually just include a little icon down in the bottom for the visual experience, and then you'll want to draw that visual experience um, in a different design tab. Next up, system dialogue. This block is a yellow block, and it indicates that the included copy is handled by system-level dialogue management, such as the zip code reprompt. So for Bixby, for Alexa, for Google, there are actually system dialogues which you can handle to uh, handle missing slots. If you are having the system handle the dialogue, use a yellow box to indicate. Exit message. This is a built-in intent, and you can have a gray box with rounded borders as the stop intent. This is kind of your outro, your farewell, your au revoir. It's the last thing that's said before the assistant exits and closes the session. When all is said and done, remember to include an exit message to wish the user well, and even to encourage them to come back soon. This may be an excellent opportunity for an earcon as well. Now, zooming out. When you look at the entire diagram of everything we've talked about put together, help message, end message, error message, custom intent, built-in intent, end message, onboarding, welcome, earcon, MP3s. When you put all that together, you've got this massive chart that really is hard to read, and it's barely legible. And that's why you don't try to consult the big old map when you're trying to find a route to a friend's house. You aren't supposed to read the entire full scale of a design map, but they are meant to offer insights onto how the path diverges and the different paths that a voice interaction can take. Now that you've seen this approach, Try to consider creating a set of tools, either internally as a team or open source, for the whole world to contribute to. The more designers, the more designers that we have working on this problem, the faster we'll be able to come up with the solution. And like we discussed at the start, a rising tide raises all ships. By putting out design documentation, by creating a standard framework for voice design, we are raising the tide to bring all voice designers up onto the next level. So we can really work on the problems that we can truly astound the world at the power of voice. Help us by creating tools, by collaborating on the best practices, and try to help us work on a system and set of tools for all voice designers. Thank you. from today's episode comes from 
Hilary Hayes, and Dominic Smith, who both work at Connected. If you want to learn more, you can check out the source in the show notes below. You can also contact us directly via voice message or on any social media at Voice First AI. This is Sweets signing off from Voice First. <laughs>